You're listening to All The Gear, a National Club Golfer podcast. What do you get when the founder of Urban Golf, the UK's first and best indoor golf venue, and the founder of award-winning fashion label folk team up to form a new golf brand? Sounder is the brainchild of James Day and Cathal McAteer, who have created a range that is stylish and functional both on and off the golf course. But this edition of the All The Gear podcast with me, Alex Perry, isn't just about clothing. The team at Sounder have a vision of a game that is more accessible, inclusive and fun, and they have plenty of exciting plans in the pipeline. I sat down with James and Cathal to hear all about how they came to acquire the Sounder brand, what's next, and much, much more. Okay, so Cathal, James, thank you for joining us on the NCG podcast. Uh, first of all, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. So uh, who wants to jump in first? Uh, my name's Cathal McAteer, um, Scottish man uh, who uh, loves golf. And um, I'm, uh, I'm a fashion guy by trade, and now I'm involved in the golf business which is really exciting uh i'm james james day i'm um uh, english uh, and we still get along and uh, but uh, i've been in golf kind of all my life really i've been a pretty um fanatical golfer since a very early age um i used to be a rubbish pro and uh after that i started urban golf in soho 2004 and um, that's enabled me to kind of cobble a living together um, through golf and um, done a few things. We've been quite involved in sort of simulator technology and things like that. But um, the reason we're here is we Cathal and I met about um, four years ago, probably. Um, Cathal came in. I'm into all things golf. So we, um, I like making clubs. I'm a club maker. Cathal came in to get some clubs done. Which... I actually probably it was just by chance that we met. I, I've got a good friend who's uh, a bit older than me and plays more golf because his kids are older. My kids were just getting older and my, my partner prompted me to go and play on a weekend and that opened the door that I could actually play more golf. And, and uh, he said, you should make sure you get fitted for really good shafts, get fitted properly. And I just Googled who sold Project X shafts, who, who worked with them, and James happened to come up with his custom-made clubs company, and I came down and we met, and uh, that's how it, the love affair started, and uh, it was pretty good. You know, I thought I was coming down just to get some shafts. I walked out with some uh, mirrors about a month later, a few, few, quite a few quid lighter, and um, they're not cheap mirrors. No, they're not. No, even when you're swapping beautiful fashion clothes for, <laughs> you know, because we didn't really transact much cash. It was more. I, I, my company's called Folk, and James happens to like it, which was a bonus. I liked his clubs. He liked my clothes, so that was that was pretty good. But, the, but I think what snared it for us is I, I went to about four or five days before collecting the clubs. I, I had some dinner with my pal. And uh, he's the guy, the CEO of Rafa, the cycling company. And, uh, and he was just asking me what I was up to. And I told him I was coming to, coming to collect my brand new clubs. And he just nearly fell off his chair laughing. And he couldn't believe that I played golf. 
he really he didn't know this that I played golf and he really thought I can't believe you make all these clothes and you play that really uncool sport ah and he laughed for oh you know and I said you get out every day in that effing lycra and you go up and down hills like a right tool and uh, it was we had this bit of banter through dinner and and when I came down and told James the story we realised that there's actually no cool go- clothes in golf and that was the moment it was a kind of we both kind of had a twinkle in an eye at the same time as I regaled the story from Simon, from Rafa. So that was a, it was a good moment for us, wasn't it? Yeah, it and I think of, it's, um, you know, that sort of mythical thing in golf, isn't it? It's the, it's the, it's the clothes you can play golf in where, where you don't mind going to the pub after you play, still wearing them. Um, and I think, you know, I was thinking about it, about this this morning, but you know, you see all these these moments where golf has these kind of little booms and we definitely experience one of those at the moment aren't we but I remember when um in 2004 when I first started out with urban golf when Jay Lindbergh was first coming out and everyone was wearing these pink trousers and you know brightly colored kind of shirts and everything and it was just you know I remember we had a we had a pro one of our pros would go home on the train every night wearing his Jay Lindbergh gear and, and it you know you really stood out and it wasn't necessarily stuff that you could wear off the golf course but um, hopefully, what what we're trying to do now is 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 stuff that really does. I mean, I live I live in the stuff, not just because um, it's our it's our business. I was already into Cathal's clothing before, but I think the thing with Sounder is we're we're also trying to do uh, you know lots of other golf products coming at it from a slightly different perspective. And I think um, you know more and more people in golf, I think, are not necessarily. You know, they love the game, but they might not be quite bought into this overriding narrative of, you know, play what the pros play. And it's all about perfection and it's all about keeping your stats and, you know, having lots of accessories and having a full 14 clubs in your bag. I think there is this movement towards I think it has been referred to as the single strap movement. Um, You know, people kind of playing clubs that feel nice and look nice and and carrying their bag. And I think it's going to I'm hoping that that's going to run right through the game. And I think. Sometimes I refer to it as golf's craft beer revolution. Um, and I, I sort of really hope that that's something that, that does take off. Um, it's quite small at the moment, but you can definitely, I think more so than any time when I've, since I've been in golf, which is quite a lot of years now, um, more time in any, in any time of golf, it feels like there is a bit of a change happening. Um, and I think the old story of, you know, that gets told so often, which is that, oh, golf clubs are so snobby and the game's so inaccessible and stuff like that I don't think that that story holds that much weight anymore I think golf clubs have become quite welcoming and I think if people want to get into golf they can do it and I think that's what we've seen over this little uh, golf boom that happened last year which hopefully will continue I think sometimes (coughs) negative voices can be much louder than the positive ones I find that when we have uh, a quality issue in 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 my my stores it's the the, the, the complaint is much louder and I think the booming voice of, of, of golf being uh, you know whether it be led by a, a poster boy like Donald Trump is it kind of it was it was smelling bad to certain people do you mm. not think and yeah I think that that voice became louder it was never uncool to the people who was were bought in and yeah. loved the game yeah and I think it's but I think definitely people the clubs have made a massive effort to be more relaxed yeah we feel that at our club and any clubs we go to, I feel that it's not, it's definitely more laid back. Yeah. Do and you, I think, do you find that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm fully behind the uh, revolution of making golf more laid back and more welcoming and, 
um, getting rid of dress codes. I mean, there's there's nothing traditional about your clothing, is there? Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a more it's totally modern. It's like really for today. But you know, we definitely have nostalgic moments when I remember my father wearing his corduroys and his uh, foot joys and his favourite sweatshirt. You know, on the golf course when I when I was six and seven, he was he he looked so cool. You know, and it was just there was nothing, no no branding, nothing. It was just really nice, and I still have the same memories of Seve and Jack Nicholas, and there was there was nothing performance about the clothes that they wore. <laughs> they just looked really comfortable, didn't they? Mm. And that's uh, we we want people to be really comfortable, and we will take care of making it look as stylish as we possibly can because that's that's what we, we're in. But I think also we we're heavily invested in the whole side of the game. I, we can't wait to, hopefully next week we receive the second uh, incarnation of a golf bag. We've, uh, we've made a golf bag in Fruman, Somerset. And so, and we, our, our first uh, golf shoe went live a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And, uh, you know, our balls have got re- great reviews. So there's a, we're, we're kind of, but it's been really nice for me and James to like put a, aesthetic on these on these products too not just making nice polar tops and corduroys you know uh, so we're putting an aesthetic on all of it and it's also it's really nice to be able to um to design, to design these products from scratch you know there's so many there's there's lots of companies springing up in golf at the moment and they might you know take an existing bag that people like and just put their logo on it you know people might use it you know the jones bags are brilliant and the mckenzie bags are brilliant but and you know i I've been carrying those bags for the last five years, but we've actually made a bag from scratch and done something completely original. Um, I think and that, we're pretty excited about it. And we've done the same with... I think that's just that what we've... we've we, we met and we've kind of... You know, when I came came into James, is this the bunker? You know, I'm saying, what the, what's that? He said, oh, that's a prototype I got made by a guy I met who's a cabbie who actually still makes... Uh, wedges or woods and you know by nature we want to actually the process of making something from scratch is fun if we wanted to stick a, a logo on a polo top it would have been okay too but it's just by nature yeah. we just can't do that it's not the way we yeah. go at it that's the way I make my clothes that's the way you've went about the, the your golf game for years that's now firmly in, in me which is probably quite costly because <coughs> I keep uh, want to have new clubs and uh, you know tinker with things, which is I think has actually made my golf game better. You know, having tinkering with the game and your and your yeah. equipment and stuff like that. Your You're rig, as you call it. Yeah, I'm fully engaged, and that's how I've I've been in the in the fashion business for 20 years because I love I love being in factories. I love the process. I love the, the A to Z process of uh, what can what can I design now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a really quite exciting that, that's a really good point because i i definitely feel with you know i i absolutely live and breathe golf you know i i adore the game I, you know um i love everything about it I, I still teach a little bit i love making clubs i love traveling to go and play different golf courses but i'm not you know i'm not particularly engaged anymore in this week in week out watching pro golf on tv you know yeah buying the latest driver because I feel because somebody told me it might go two yards further or whatever I'm not really doing that you know I've sort of checked out that and I think that to the point to your point a second ago it's this craft this idea of craft and 
um, something that there is there is an art to the game and it's a game of skill. Um, and I really feel like hopefully there's going to be a movement back towards that and pe people getting a bit more engaged in, you know, wanting things which last a long time, you know, not not buying a new golf bag every year. I mean, definitely the bag that we're making is we're making it for people to use it for 10, 20 years. And if you want to get it repaired or, or whatever, you can get it repaired and it will yeah, last forever. And the same with our shoes, you know, the shoes we've done with Grenson, they're a clap. They're like a they're like a, a fabulous FootJoy classic. You know, I, I when they stopped making the FootJoy classic, I um, went a little bit silly and started buying them on eBay because I just didn't. I never wanted to wear another shoe. I'm actually staring at eight pairs of classics right now, just behind the screen uh, across the room, and that's just some of them. But um, these, the Grenson shoes that we've made, are a next another level up from the classic. Really, just really beautifully handmade shoes. Um, and you know, again, people have. It's just another example, but people have got into wearing these kind of trainer style golf shoes. And I think what happens is. Um, trends occur in golf and they're immediately accepted as progress you know like Bryson DeChambeau is is Bryson DeChambeau really progress is that really better but it, it, people will probably go in that direction and will probably follow that trend well and I think that's quite that is sorry to interrupt but that is quite sexy and quite machismo the way he's playing golf yeah. you know that he can whack it and he can do it and they're like sponsored by Puma and it's garish and everything about it is like da, 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 da. yeah yeah <laughs> and, that, and and but that's that that I think all 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 uh, kind of sports everything we all have our trends and stuff yeah that's and, true and we, and we will stick to what we do right yeah but I think with the shoes what I found this year was I'd I'd, I'd got I'd sort of got dragged a little bit away from the classics um and I was wearing the trainer shoes kind of on and off um, and what I started to find was when we started to work on our shoes oh, and I yeah. got back into this really firm sole. And actually, you know, as I was thinking about heading into our, you know, club champs at our golf club this year, and I'm thinking about what shoes do I want to be wearing? I really found that I was drawn back to having that firm sole, you know, probably on a summer's day, you know, walking, playing 36 holes, you might not be quite as comfortable in them. But when it comes to hitting shots, um, they're, they're what did we say the other day though? We because uh, we try. I tried these uh, Adidas ones with the the uh, some really boost, spongy, yeah, the, the boost, boost. The pa Palace. You know the company, yeah. company Palace. I know which one's been, yeah. And the, and James had some other kind of training shoe type thing, but we felt it was just just a little bit springy and move. And we, that's what you were saying. Yeah. It's like with the with the classics, you're like solid into the shoe, and that's what I found with those plimsoll ones you know with their tiny pimples they're mm. just i'm flat on the ground i feel more connected yeah and then and the, i get the training shoe things work but i i think they need to be a bit uh stronger around yeah, the ankle kind of the stability I mean, definitely we, we've we've talked about it a lot haven't we yeah but i think it's you know it's it's interesting to look at that sort of thing and i mean it's even interesting i i do a lot with um you know playing around with different drivers and different fairway woods and things like that. You know, there are some there are some great golf clubs over the years that, you know, you can pick up on eBay for not very much money and they and I think they're just as good as the just as good as the new stuff. And again, that gets back to the craft of it, you know, maybe buying buying a club off eBay a little bit cheaper, but taking it in and getting a really nice shaft put in it. And, you know, maybe without that big frying pan head and with a fixed hosel, maybe there's something to be said for that when it comes to hitting shots. And I certainly find I prefer playing with that type of club. And I don't 
feel like I lose any performance. So I think what we're trying to say is that, um, you know, as amateur golfers, we we are a bit different. Um, you know, we're not necessarily um, it's not life and death for us whether we shoot, you know, two shots less in the monthly medal. Maybe some of us aren't even, you know, playing too much pro play golf anymore or whatever. But um, we I believe that we should be thinking of it from the perspective of, you know, what's going to uh, Patrick Boyd from uh, I'm stealing his quote here. Patrick Boyd from National Custom who make beautiful custom heads. He always says, play what makes you love the game more. Um and I think that's the way that we're approaching our products is that, you know, all of them, we want them to feel nice. We want, you know, there's something about really great quality things. Um, they're not disposable. You know, you love them. You have an emotional connection with them. You want to keep them. And yeah. I think that's the way that we're, we're approaching you know, with all of our products. Quality to manufacture and uh, the, the sprinkles on top is the aesthetic. You know, people always like a compliment about what how they're, Am I jumping the gun a bit here to say that it sounds like, so you've done clothing, you've done uh, accessories, you're, you're talking about a golf bag, which is about to come out, you're, you're just about to release some shoes. Um, it sounds to me like golf clubs are very much on your agenda. Golf clubs are ready. <laughs> Did you say that? <laughs> How dare you? Golf clubs are ready to go. And uh, and um, <laughs> we just, I, it's quite a big um it's a big order, um, so I'm trying to get a few commitments uh, yeah. up front before I tell, because it will be um, it'll be a great thing to be able to do. And, and obviously, I think probably that leads us into the heritage of the Sounder brand. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I was going to say, like, for those of us who are a certain age, Sounder to us means Seve in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. So how did that all come about? How did you, uh, well, I, I think it's a fair question to say, how did you acquire the, the Sounder brand or name or however you want to word it? It, it, it basically lapsed. And um, we, I, when I was a kid, uh, so sort of late 80s, early 90s, a lot of the good players at that time would would play Sounder Blades. Um, we've got a set uh, here behind me, actually, in the in the rack. There's a set, there's a set there, SB, SB4s. Um, and I've also got, uh, funnily enough, I, I, um, it's weird how it's kept coming back to me, this brand, but um, I actually know the people that own Sounder at the time. Um, and I've got a set of heads here just around the corner in the workshop, which was which were the ones that they uh, they made for Seve. And what they would do is they would fly out to see Seve about every three months with four sets of clubs built identically. And Seve would stand on the range and hit all four five irons, all four six irons and would pick one and send them off one of each and send them off with the other three sets um and i've actually managed to get one of the sets of heads and interestingly um sevi had uh, really kind of no grooves on his clubs literally very very fine grooves um i guess he was trying to didn't want to spin it too much um and actually when when we were talking about doing the, the working together Catherine and i i showed him that set of heads and he just immediately loved the logo and loved the star uh, and that was that really beautiful so um yeah. we've we brought it back we've updated the logo a little bit um but we we love that heritage um and that story behind the brand and, and obviously him yeah the, yeah by a guy that played the game with real passion and real flair um with his heart on his sleeve and i think it's um it's perfect really so that that was that sort of worked out quite well. well inter interesting enough, that's quite a good. I've, I've not thought of it, this connection, but the guy who suggested that I get my shafts, <coughs> shafts fitted for me personally, he put money into the Sevi film. 
No, did so he? He put money into it. He said it was probably in his top one in bad investments. Yeah, he said he couldn't believe how bad the film tanked. He, he said the, the guys were convinced it would do well in America. And he said, like, no, that was the one the Americans they... didn't quite love Seve as much as we do yeah. because of the because uh, the Ryder Cup. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and it was quite, quite interesting because we talk about the passion because that's the, the that, beautiful thing. That would have been Seve. the one where they did the, they sort of dramatized his childhood and everything. Uh, I, I can't remember. But, uh, Seve, the film. There's, yeah. and there's another one that I think that the RNA have just done. Um, with it's Rogue. very good. Yeah, it's very good. Which I haven't watched yet. Is it good? Yeah. It's yeah, it's on. It's, is it Rakuten? It's on yeah. that. It's very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I've heard that's brilliant. So, so just tell me a little bit about how. Um, so, James, you've got Urban Golf, which um, for those that don't know, uh, is it's sort of like a underground lair with golf simulators is probably how I would describe it. I mean, I've been to been to them a few times, as I told you before, but um, yeah. I think that's the fairest yeah, way, isn't it? It's um yeah it's like a, it's it's sort of a golf heaven really for me or for, and hopefully for people to come here um I think we, we we've seen this uh, it's really interesting what's happening at the moment because when we first started out uh, sim a the simulators that we were using weren't anywhere anywhere near as good as they are now um, and that's been a bit of a, a project for us and for me to really get quite involved in simulator technology beyond just the sort of standard providers that everybody knows about just to try and we, our thing was always to get to the stage where people can really play golf competitively. You know, you can come in with a group and you can have a match and you can play all the shots that you need to play during a round of golf. Um, and we've sort of got there now. And so the, the technology's got to a point now, but also the acceptance of that technology. You know, there is actually an appetite now for people to people are seeing, you know, pros with simulators in their houses and things like that. And yeah. it's great to see. And our audience has become... Uh, a lot more golfy you know when we started out with not very good simulators um yeah. we, uh, we we were sort of an entertainment thing and we, we we had that big buzz initially where people were coming in to try us out but I think I always felt that um we would have quite a short lifespan with that you know that would wear out and that was why we got so into the simulator technology and so into the experience and just happy to say now that you know it is it's a brilliant experience and it is Turns out it's great fun uh, playing golf competitively when you don't have to look for the ball. You've always got a perfect lie. There's no rough, and uh, you can drink a couple of beers while you do it. So, and there's a bit of music on, you know. And you were a fan. And you were a fan of Cathal's uh, clothing range before you met him. I found uh, I discovered folk in Liberty in um, at the top of Carnaby Street, which was about a five-minute walk from our first site in Soho. Um, and I used to go in there and buy it in the in the very early days of Urban Golf. So and, yeah, and then because um, that was actually yeah we we'd have we we're like 20 years old now, but we we only we started our business only selling uh, to Japanese shops in the beginning. We uh, we I was kind of I'm not trained, so I basically I knew I wanted to do this, but. I, I, I met some Japanese guys and they quickened the process of me starting my own brand and we only sold through these guys uh, in the first few years. So James would have bought it in its very early days. So now, you know, 15 years later. Yeah. And so testament to clothing that lasts. I've still got, <laughs> yeah. still got yeah. some yeah. jumpers, no shirts. Yeah. I actually bought some things on, on, a, on a website. I don't know if you've heard of it called Grailed. Grailed? 
and it's a kind of fountain of uh, vintage uh, archive stuff. And I and I had to get rid of uh, half of my archive a, a while ago. And I've been trying to pick up some pieces, and I, I bought some old pieces from those early days uh, this morning, about four o'clock this morning when I got up, couldn't sleep, and I, I purchased some uh, old old stuff that would have been from then. Yeah. That is the most dangerous time to to shop online, I think. Um, just tell just tell me a little bit about how you guys when you met. I, I, I'm absolutely fascinated as to how you got from. I really like golf. I really like your clothing. Let's do something together. I know well, what happened. Well, go on, tell me. You didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Yes, I didn't <laughs> want to do it. Yes, I did not want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. So fucking busy. I, I mentioned it, and then. Um, <laughs> You know, I think actually it's probably a little bit also because, you know, folks are very cool, cutting edge brand. And I think a little bit probably had a little bit to do with the sort of connotations of golf. Um, yeah, that that's true. It was a. I, I when we first met, I knew that we we'd we'd fallen on something that was when we I mentioned the Simon thing. We both went. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. And who could facilitate such a happening is you and I. We can, you know, we quite we realized we quite liked each other. And then you you, you called me and I was like, I, there was a reservation from my part to uh, to do something, uh, mainly uh, also because uh, I have to take care of the business that uh, feeds feeds a lot of people, uh, including my family. And, and the thought of going into a business uh, golf definitely is a difficult sell to a lot of people um but thankfully i was persuaded and then uh, we've been i mean I should say as well we've been very very lucky along the way because um castle's sister maggie is a, is a bit of an operator and, work, and has worked in fashion for probably as long as you have yeah, hasn't she and so um when maggie got involved that really um got us moving and got us actually getting stuff done rather than just talking about things yeah um, maggie and john i and think john, the glue yeah. yeah and john luckily is a john davy who um was was running a big digital agency and it just was was great timing because they just sold that agency and he was um i've known john for 15 years we a weird uh connection with urban golf that we used to we used to work out before we even opened the first urban golf we were working out of the offices of that agency because okay the founders of that agency were investors in urban golf. So we've, and he's a very keen golfer and has become a very good friend. And, and, you know, so I think it was a, it's one of those like sequences of events, you know, we met and then, you know, Maggie was up for getting involved. And then when John came along, it really sort of but the, came the, together. I think the seed was there. I think the big thing was to actually decide, let's do this. And it's actually quite, it's not as easy to start a business when you've already got, uh, you've got two and I've got another two and it's you know and then it's a, it's a passion project as well and uh, but a passion a very passionate project but uh, thankfully we persevered and realized it was the right thing because it's actually been such a hoot and we've had some fun trips already that if we had to finish tomorrow I'd only have good memories about it yeah, that's so, true. so long yeah. may they continue I, I don't know if you know but the last trip we did was to Macrahanish to do the which all the all the all the photographs online now are from that, and we did a week there. It was so much fun. Tremendous place. I mean, that's a long way. I mean, it took me eight hours to drive from Leeds. I mean, how long did it take you guys to get there from London? 
I can do it. I, 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 I go every year. I've, I've joined both golf clubs. I'm all in Macrahanish. It's my yeah. favourite. It's one of my favourite places. It didn't take me long at all. Um, I, okay. I flew and then I, I went by, uh, by kind of some magic power there. Uh, for the last part, yeah. we we did we we left Glasgow and we decided to take the slowest route. Me and the photographer is a great friend of mine, and we we just basically decided to take almost the whole day to drive there. And we jumped on a couple of ferries. We meandered around, and we had this really lazy day listening to rock and roll and uh, and and really loud in a car. And by the time we arrived, we were like, "Wow, this is heaven!" Yeah, <laughs> it's it, uh, a way to go there. Actually. That's definitely yeah. the way to do that journey. Is a few of the ferry hops rather than doing the big drive up and round. Is you can do the little ferry hops and drive through Argyle, but um, it also we were just. I mean, I've never been there and had weather like we had. You know, we were swimming in the sea every day, even when. I was there before when we were having a bit of a heat wave in the south and it was, you know, 30, you're seeing it was on the news, it was 30, 30 odd degrees in Cornwall and it was still only 21 in Macrahanish. But this year it was really, I mean, we lucked out completely. Yeah, it was so, lovely. Yeah, nice. And so we'll hopefully we're going to do more more of those trips and, and just keep going at it. And I think uh, it, we, the business is actually growing uh, month on month. So we we're, it's giving, uh, it's making James and I, pretty happy because we know there's there's a future in all this fun and 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 coming together which is it's pretty nice actually it's like that's probably the one the, the funnest part is the the we are ah, wicked we're going to keep going at this because yeah. you know when you start something and you know you raise money and you put in lots of your time and your own money into something you're like hope this works because it's it's good but we've got to parts where it's really joyful like going to Macrahanish, like working on the product, us regularly going to play golf and just chewing the fat about the product and meeting with John and Maggie and 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 we're getting really good moments. Yeah. So I think a lot. Hopefully those will start to those moments will increase. And also uh, people are coming out of the woodwork, aren't they? You know, there's yeah. a lot of people that have come out of the woodwork since we started out. And we're gonna, we're starting to do these community days. We were a bit stifled for trying to get those underway last year, but we did a couple. Uh, but next year we'll do a load more of those um, and all on, you know, golf courses, which are, uh, you know, people carry their clubs. The, the walks from the greens to the tees are not too big. Uh, natural golf courses, certainly nothing around 7,000 yards, you know, all, all on courses that are fun to play um, and natural. So we'll, fun, we'll yeah. put those together. We're going down to... Um, Cleve Hill tomorrow so we've got to know those guys through, very cool, yeah. through Cookie Jar Golf and um, so we're going down there to have a chat with them so we'll have a day there we'll play and then um, have a chat with them so yeah it's, it's good it's you know it's it's, it's 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 I guess when you do something like this and you try and create a strong strong brand you you the people that it resonates with are usually like-minded people so we're, we're coming across and getting to know loads of nice people along the way. Well, I was going to say is I'm sort of sensing a theme here. I mean, obviously, I know you've been to Royal North Devon, which is my neck of the woods, and you've uh, done Macrahanish, and you've and now you're talking about Cleve Hill. I mean, these are these are very particular golf clubs with very particular people and members. Yeah. I, I take James's lead on all of this. I, I, I know I'm a a, a a jock whose family is uh, my family's from Donegal originally as well, so lots of beautiful links, uh, uh, golf, and I think uh, I'm I'm just I'm all in for the golf. I've, the places I've been playing with James has been really spectacular and stuff that I, I remember as a kid. And so it's really lovely uh, to just uh, 
as they just be led around these places and that, sh that will be the theme where we just continue yeah. uh, playing those courses and hopefully through our photography and, and the products we can uh, show people more and more and more. Well and aren't we lucky as well that we live in this country because I mean we've got not only great golf courses but great golf courses that you can just you know you can just go and play and actually if you play there a couple of times you'll probably end up joining as well so which is what seems to be happening as the years go on so um you know we're very lucky to have that I've, I've been lucky enough to play some really nice courses in the us um and you know it's a lot more stressful trying to get on those places and a lot more expensive so we're very very lucky to have that i mean we um we went down to Rye on Monday. We had a day out down there. Um, it's another place which I just think is just a great natural golf course. Um, and uh, Cleve tomorrow. Uh, where else do we love? I'm trying to think where else we go. We might plan a trip down to Hailing Island. I haven't been down there for a very long time. Oh, okay. Yeah, very cool. Played there before? I haven't, no, I haven't. So, uh, yeah, we might plan a trip down there. And then if we're always doing Scotland trips, and I think the other thing about that's brilliant about these Scotland trips, which I absolutely love doing, is when you just find these these kind of golf courses, which actually, you know, everybody talks about, oh, how everybody seems to be scratching their heads. How do you boost golf participation and all this stuff? How do you make it easier? And I think what that comes down to is how you make sustainable business models out of golf clubs. And yet in Scotland, you know, all over Scotland, there are nine and 12 hole golf courses with a you know, maybe a little pro shop, but probably an honesty box if that shop is shut. And some of those places, I mean, when we were at Macranish, we were down at Dunabity quite a bit. Um, I was going to say, yeah, they've got the honesty box, haven't they? they? Yeah, and that we played the second round, just going out on Dunabity and in, <sighs> at sunset, and I took the persimmons out, and it's that, it's that type of golf course. And then... Uh, What's the part of 66, 65? Yeah, yeah, 60, like yeah it's the mid-60s. Yeah. And then, it's a really um, odd kind of... It's so much fun, yeah, though, isn't it? Yeah, and Shiskin yeah. as well. And Aaron is another place we often stop off there on the way to Macrahanish. But all around that north coast of Scotland, there's all those fabulous little golf courses that, you know, you could stumble across um, driving through there and they'll all have something going for them. You know, as long as you're not too obsessed with perfect greens and perfect lies and you're willing to accept that you know there is more to golf than this sort of modern obsession with fairness and I think that's one of the things that uh, I think has really gone wrong in the game and I think it's partly to do with uh, well it's a lot to do with this 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 idea that the pro game is the game and also this idea that happened in the whenever it was in the 50s and 60s where people started to think that pros were the people that should be designing golf courses um, you know there should be part of what's lovable about the game is, is this imperfection, this randomness. And that's what kind of keeps us coming back. And if there's this drive towards fairness, you know, trouble down both sides of the fairways, people only being rewarded for hitting it straight, you know, people expecting to have a perfect line of bunker. I mean, I, you know, I do get a certain type of pleasure out of playing a manicured golf course every now and again. But, you know, really, I, I love the creativity of the whole having, you know, thousands of different ways you can play it. And, being able to work the ball on the ground and I think that's a big part of you know as a, as a brand and as people um, what we're really drawn to and more and more passionate about is, is sort of getting away from all that fairness and perfection. Yeah I mean I, I grew up playing rugged links in North Devon and North Cornwall so um, I mean you're preaching to the choir here. Um, this sounds to me like you're thinking about opening your own golf club 
well one day maybe god i'd love to do that jesus yeah yes maybe we sh- maybe we shouldn't do that maybe we should say we can never do that well i was looking <laughs> funny enough because looking... there's so many sorry there is so many great courses you know and it's like there's only so much you can do but maybe we just we just start uh, uh you know just having stronger associations with multiple golf courses that have that have got this really good attitude all, all up and down the country up and down this island and any island that will take us and yeah. place that will take us but you know we secretly have discussed and googled golf courses for sale <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, i was looking, but, but, I was yeah, looking this morning at this oh, uh, zach, uh, zach blair i'm sure i'm sure you've heard of um, oh, yeah. you know he he has actually got this golf course under underway now it's it's, it's called uh, i think it's called uh, tree the tree farm or something but he's sort of quite he, he's a he's a pga tour player but he loves, you know, he loves going and playing all the different courses. I mean, he was over here, I think, after the Dunhill, and I was looking on his Instagram, and he was up and down the country playing all the cool places. Really? You know, he was at Woking, he was at Rye, uh, I think he played Hailing Island, he played New Zealand, you know, he was, and he really crammed it in. He's, he's uh-huh. into golf courses, and it's nice to see that, because you don't really see that from the pros very often. It almost feels some of the time like they don't really love golf. Yeah, I think with a lot of the pros, and I find that I just really that really annoys me. But anyway, well, but there's um, so much going on about the business of golf, and yeah. winning, winning tournaments. There's no, I, I think it's no wonder it comes across quite cold sometimes. Yeah, and you you're only playing, and and to be even better, you're so focused on playing a specific type of golf course when there's all of us amateurs which outnumber the pros by, I don't know, ten thousand to one maybe. Yeah, maybe more. And there's all the courses that we play. Yeah. It's a really exciting. Well, I was hearing yeah. some. I was hearing a, a, a tour pro say this. Um, it's actually an LPGA tour player, um, and she was saying that that she can. She actually quite likes turning up and playing a tournament on the book. And what she means by that is no practice round. Wow. Just play it on the yardage book. And you know, there's something wrong with a course that can be played that way. <laughs> you know, where it's just it is just A to B on every shot. But I mean this. Zach Blair guy, he's he's managed to, uh, he's been putting it out there on social media. It looks like he's got a group of guys together who are all putting in a bit of money and they had their first members meeting and they're building this golf course. And it's a lovely story. It's a bit filled with dreams like. Totally, and, that's uh, great. But, and I think there's there's something about um, great golf clubs. And there's this connotation which people talk about, which is like great golf clubs have to be exclusive and have to be snobby. And of course, some of them are. But, you know, you know, from clubs like Royal North Devon, I mean, that there is nowhere more welcoming. And I think Royal North Devon, for me, is such a brilliant golf club. And one of the main reasons that it's a brilliant golf club is it has this perfect gateway to the game. You know, they've got the little pitch and putt course with the, the pimply ground where the longest hole is 70 yards. And that is free for anyone to come and play. So you've got kids going on that. And now they've got the J.H. Taylor course, which is... I think the longest hole on the J.H. Taylor course is about eight holes, and the longest hole is 120 yards. Um, and I think they charge three or four quid or something like that. But it is, you know, you can see how, you know, if somebody lives in that area or a kid lives in that area or whatever, and they want to start playing golf, it's so welcoming and it's such a perfect gateway to the game. And I just don't understand why. I know that there's a there's something going on at the moment where um, I think the RNA have bought a golf course um, and a, and they're doing and they're doing all sorts of things with it but um from what i've seen the best gateways to the game and the best 
uh, accessible golf clubs are very, very simple. You know, it's a very simple, <clears throat> lovely little golf course with a very straightforward, lovely little clubhouse. And that's something that is sustainable that can can probably grow. And this this idea of like a community golf course where, you know, people can just go. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel quite right that um, like Royal North Devon, a place I absolutely love, my happy place, uh, my home. Um, it doesn't feel quite right that the oldest golf course in the, in England is the one that is probably leading the way when it comes to actually making golf more accessible to everyone. That sort of seems a bit roundabout, but that is sort of the world we live in. And I, and I feel like you, you mentioned craft beer revolution before. It, it does sort of feel like golf is having a craft beer revolution at the moment. Um, you know, with, uh, you, you, I go to plenty of clubs now where, you know, dress codes are just they just got rid of them and it's more welcoming it's more relaxing you don't have to wear jackets and ties i mean obviously these places exist and they will exist for some time but it sort of feels like golf is having that relaxation across the board and obviously sounder is a is a huge part of that as well yeah i agree i, I, I yeah. this might seem a bit out there and a bit controversial maybe but i actually see the main one of the main barriers uh, now is not actually the golf clubs it's not actually snobbery it's the, it's the fact that um there's this there's this tidal wave of marketing which is that you have to buy all this expensive gear and you have to be try to be like the pros and you have to be doing all of this stuff and you really don't you know you need half a set of clubs and you need to go out there and whack it round and as you know in my opinion um golf isn't very well taught because if somebody decides they're going to go for lessons and and uh, start playing golf they'll probably stand on a driving range for three months whereas you know they probably i think most golfers would be better off playing pitch and putt for three months i think if yes. you took a load of people that hadn't yes. played golf before and stuck them on a pitch and putt course for three months and then the other ones you stuck them on a driving range with a load of video cameras and launch monitors for three months so i think the pitch and putt guys would be a lot better how did uh, you know i remember i used to start to just follow my dad and he just i had a seven iron just smacking it around with him and his mates that yeah. was five that was probably you know you just learned on the on the hall yeah and I, I do get that thing when i had this short one so my mother-in-law is from uh, munich and she took up golf as she was getting a bit older and i there was this scottish guy who was teaching her a next pro at the club and he uh, and, and she had all this writing all over her hands all over her glove about what she should be Where doing and all these sticks and things to alignment and I said hey, Bernadette how much do you pay for that shit and it was a quite quite extraordinary and she uh, she was just a, a, a lovely middle-class uh, German lady who was uh who wanted to take up the game but it was so complicated and it was a uh, it, it seemed a very expensive ruse uh for her uh, and it didn't ever feel welcoming for her yeah you know, yeah. basically she spent in the best part of five thousand euros for the lessons and the, and the clubs and probably them knowing that those clubs would gather dust after say a year of yeah. lessons and whatnot being on a, a range and it's, it feels a bit sad that I yeah see, and I think we lose, like a, we lose a lot of golfers on the gap the yeah. gap between the driving range and the golf course you know so most golf courses especially a lot of modern courses you know for a beginner I mean what is that first 350 yards of you know the 450 yard par four are a complete waste of time, you know, whacking it down there to get it into a position where they can actually start playing the game, which is trying to hit the ball into a position, trying to control the distance and all that stuff. And there's 
there's something wrong there and it, it seems quite obvious but I think because the business of golf is such a juggernaut it's it's hard to change you know it's hard for big brands to get themselves off the merry-go-round of needing to sell you know 700,000 drivers every year um, and you know maybe there should be a move towards those drivers being you know higher quality something that people put a bit more time into and maybe spend a bit more on I mean I always refer back to um my Mackenzie golf bag, which was quite expensive, but I bought it 10 years ago to still use it. So actually with the amount of golf I play, if I bought, you know, a sort of modern bag with a stand on it, I'd probably be buying a new bag every year. So well, it's like those Clark shoes you used to get as a kid when you went to school, you know, they, they, they lasted a bit more, you know, it cost a bit more, but they last. Yeah. You were playing football in them on concrete. It, absolutely and they still you know i used to drag them down the street with like on my bike to try and wreck them because i hated them because they were like <laughs> really ugly and i was in such a binge and they still wouldn't fall apart <laughs> yeah brilliant so guys what's what's next for sounder what's the next step um well, we, i think you've just you've told us we're buying a golf club <laughs> yeah. we, we've got a set of irons coming that well what's what is next is we uh we just got a lot of work to do actually it's quite uh, time consuming and uh but we've got some fun plans coming up for next year we've got a really good hopefully got a really good trip coming up that will involve quite a lot of people that will take us to some wonderful golf courses but um in the meantime we're doing a lot we've got a uh we're designing a lot of new products we've got loads of brilliant products coming yeah, through now so we've, we've got a load of um a load of great kind of wintry stuff like the uh, sleeveless puffers and we've got this kind of short sleeve puffer and wind tops and stuff like that which you know the thing is we we put quite a lot of work into doing that stuff quite a long time ago and you almost forget about it and then it all starts turning up yeah. and it's a bit of a surprise Actually, it's, nice. it's, all le it's leaving the factories in the next or maybe it's left actually this week so yeah we're just we're, we're on a we're on a bit of a kind of a cycle now that we've got a, a, a uh, perform towards that that calendar but we, I think is to keep really enjoying it so doing the new things like James is, uh, was explaining and investigating those uh, things that the bag thing's been fun because it's we're making it a factory in Froome and they're all ex Mulberry and Clark's people okay. and they have a factory there they make awnings for uh, camper vans they make uh, they, they make uh, fishing bags and stuff like that and we've we've got them making a golf bag they don't make golf bags but we wanted to try it from a, a real craftsman perspective so we're doing more of that kind of thing so we've got a, a whole list of things coming up and uh and definitely more golf days yeah we'll do a whole a whole yeah. series of sort of golf days next year which we'd love you to come to if you're available yeah. um and That's then cool. also next year we're going to do um quite a big adventure um, which will involve a lot of rounds of golf in a reasonably, yeah. in a reasonably short space of time. Well, I, I, I covered that bit. You covering covering that quite a lot like of torture. Well, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we're, we're going to get involved in some stamina training. <laughs> yeah, stamina training, not at the bar at Urban Golf, I might <laughs> add. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I um, I I don't get to say this very often, but I am a, a huge fan of uh, Sound of Golf. I'm a huge fan of the brand. I've got plenty of the stuff um in fact i think i'm wearing the socks now yeah i am yeah. um 
I, I, I've basically since the weather turned, I've, I haven't taken that the, the sweater off. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite rare that I get to talk to uh, the founders of uh, a brand that I'm genuinely um, quite passionate about. So well, uh, really appreciate the time. Um, obviously, you're very both very busy men um, and got better things to do than look at my mug. So I'll uh, I'll let you go. And yeah, that was really interesting. I, I really it's appreciate been a pleasure. it. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Have a nice day. See you soon. Cheers. So a huge thank you to James and Cathal, and I hope you agree that was incredibly interesting. If you want to know more about Sounder Golf's clothing and what the team is up to, you can do so on their website, soundergolf.com. And if you want to listen to more of our podcasts, you can do so on nationalclubgolfer.com or head to your preferred podcast platform and search for the NCG podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.